0: You're listening to the Crossroads Grace podcast, a podcast of Crossroads Grace Community Church. To learn more about our gathering times and ways you can get involved, check out our website at crossroadsgrace.org. These guys that I hang out with, When we're up in Montana, it's just this time that we get to disconnect. And and this last trip, as I was just sitting there one morning, I pick up this book that's next to my bed, and it's called Replenished by Lance Witt. And I start reading through this, and it comes to this chapter that talks about loitering. You remember when you were a kid, like you would see those signs that say, no loitering? But, but, but Lance in this book talks about the idea of loitering with the Lord or, or, or lingering with the Lord. And, and this passage jumped off the page to me and I began to study it and meditate on it and I just felt like God's speaking something so clearly to me through it. It's Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. I want us to read it together. It says this, come to me. All who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and you will learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find a rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Eugene Peterson, he, he, he translated the Bible and his translation, I really love this one in, in uh, the message translation. Let's look at it together. Matthew eleven, twenty eight. 28, there it is. Are you tired? Yes, all of us. We're like, we're, a full stop right there. We're like, yes, I am tired, right? Are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll, get this, recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. And here's, here's, here it is right here. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Next, next. I won't lay anything heavy on you or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Peterson says... Get away with me. You'll recover your life. As many of us feel tired, as many of us feel worn out, as many of us feel burnt out on religion, not Jesus, but religion. And he's talking about how to get a real rest. And then he says, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. But here's what I understand in my life is there's this different rhythm going on in my head and in my heart and in my actions. And this forced rhythm is always telling me I have to do more. There's always more to do. But here Jesus in Matthew 11 says, no, 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 no. I've got this unforced rhythm. And though you keep hearing this broken record, this broken soundtrack playing in your head, playing in your heart, playing on TV, on social media, all around you telling you to do more, he's saying, rest. Jesus is telling us to rest. And specifically, God's response to a tired, worn out, overload on religious group of people is rest. Or as we see it in Scripture, a word called Sabbath. Sabbath, which comes from the Hebrew, which means, which is Shabbat, which means to cease, to rest, or as Isaiah says it, to delight. God's answer through the person of Jesus, through his holy scripture, is that you and I would cease, that we would stop, that we would delight, that we would linger and loiter. With him. See, today I want to offer you a a little message that I call Unforced Rhythms of Grace, but but I want to, this is going to be less prescriptive and more contemplative, meaning I'm not going to give you these little nice little bows to tie on and you're going to walk out of here feeling so good, like, okay, now I know exactly what to do. No, 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 I want to speak to the heart today that there would be something that would hang over you as you walk out these doors, as you log off to really say, God, what is your call on my life when it comes to rest? And now, now Sabbath, it's not a term that we like, really use a ton here in Western culture. But what I gotta tell you this, like, you know when you need a Sabbath. One of my favorite authors, Peter Scazzaro, he put this list together. You know you need a Sabbath when, ready, catch this, The only time you are alone is in the bathroom. It takes you over 30 minutes to fall asleep because your mind is racing about things you forgot to do. You think rest is standing still in traffic. You go to check your email for a moment and you are still there an hour later, amen? You can't remember anything you ate In the last three days. Try it right now. Think about what you ate three days ago for breakfast. You need a Sabbath. You drove, I love this one. You drove for an hour and had so much on your mind that when you arrived, you weren't sure how you got there. Anybody ever get on autopilot? You don't, this is me every day. You do not know what day it is. No idea what day it is. You find yourself jealous and angry when someone else is enjoying life. When you can't remember the last time you sat down and ate breakfast, or, or how about this one? This is gonna sting. You tweet during a movie, text during dinner, read emails during meetings and classes, and learn about our spouse's day from Facebook. If you said yes to any of those, look at me in the eye, you need a Sabbath. Sabbath. But but what's this whole deal with Sabbath? Let's go back to the beginning in Genesis. Let's look at the words from God himself. Then God blessed the seventh day. After creating for six days, God blessed the seventh day, and he made it holy. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. He made it holy because on it, come on, this is God. He rested. He rested from all the work of creating that he had done. I'm not talking about your neighbor. I'm not talking about your boss. I'm not talking about that overachiever that you know or live with. I am talking about the creator of the universe. On the seventh day, he blessed it, he made it holy, and he rested. He paused. God ceased to do. Sabbath is the definition of an unforced rhythm of grace. And our culture wants to force a rhythm that is opposite to the rhythm set by God in creation. And answer this, my friends. Listen, if God created the world in six days and rested on the seventh, might that actually be the pattern our lives should follow? Two million Israelites, excuse me, Hebrews come out of Egypt. They're standing at the foot of Mount Sinai. And Moses, their leader, gives them 10 commandments, 10 laws, 10 rules, 10 regulations, 10 guidelines that God says, I want you to live in freedom, so I want you to do these 10 things. Look what it says in Exodus chapter 20. This is God speaking to his people. He says, remember the Sabbath day. By keeping it holy. Remember we said that a second ago. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But on the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. Neither you nor your son or your daughter or your male or female servants. Nor your animals nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth. The seas and all that is in them but he rested on the seventh day. And here's the reason why. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. God's looking at us and he's saying, here's how you live in freedom. Here's how you live in peace. Here's how you linger and loiter with me. Stop. Rest. But, but, but God, I got stuff to do. You see, if we're honest, we're ambition addicts. It's a different kind of AA. We're ambition addicts. I gotta do more. I gotta do more. I gotta do more. Because she's watching. He's watching. They're watching. My parents are watching. My teachers, my friends. So I gotta do more. I gotta do more. I gotta do more. And like any addiction, it's killing us from the inside out. But the remedy, the answer, comes from the Lord, and you've got to understand this. I love the way that John Mark Comer says this: Sabbath is coming for you as delight or discipline. Sabbath is coming for you as delight or discipline. Listen, listen. I don't have it. Don't 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 get weird. If, email Brian if you if you get weird about this. But ready. Maybe some of the stuff that's happened in the last 18 months in our world, maybe some of it was to get us to slow down. Maybe some of it was to get us to stop. Maybe some of it was to to get us to recalibrate. The psalmist says it in Psalm 23. He makes me lie down by green pastures. Come on, somebody. The last 18 months, maybe the Lord made you and made me lie down that we would cease, that we would stop. Ten commandments, these ten guidelines, these ten laws, these ten rules, why would God use 30% Of the Ten Commandments to talk about us resting. Count count the words. 30% of the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20 are dedicated to Sabbath. God is saying very clearly, very loudly, take notice of this. But you're saying, well, Carl, I got a day off. I got two days off every week. That's the Sabbath for me. And I come to church, oh, that's the Sabbath for me. No, 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 you got it twisted. Uh, Eugene Peterson says it like this. The day off is the bastard Sabbath. The day off is the bastard Sabbath, the illegitimate child of the seventh day of Western culture. Running around to Target and Home Depot and and doing things around the house and the honey-do list and the honey-don't list, that's not Sabbathing. Sabbath is a rest. It is a worship. Ready? I of this. Sabbath points your heart towards God and his goodness. It's a worship that points your heart towards God and his goodness. And it's open-ended. It's open for interpretation because God knows that there's different ways that you commune with him and different ways that I commune with him and different ways that I relate to him and different ways that you relate to him. And he's like, but I just want you to stop and get with me. Sabbath is the only commandment of the Ten Commandments that's a spiritual discipline. Because Sabbath is God's way of telling our souls, enough. Enough. He commanded the Sabbath because human beings need to spend time, unhurried time, in worship And rest. And God was so concerned about it when it came to you and I that He provided a 24 hour period every week and insisted that we observe it. God loves you and I so much that he says, I want your heart, I want your soul, I want your spirit to be refreshed. So do not neglect the provision of the Sabbath that the Father gives to you. If you're taking notes, write this big idea down. Sabbath keeping at its core is a profession of faith. In observing it, we confess our need for God. Take out your phone and take a picture of this. This is the most important thing I will say to you today. Sabbath keeping at its core is a profession of faith. In observing it, we confess our need for God. Forty years After the first time Moses gives the Ten Commandments, he gives the Ten Commandments again, but this time he's giving it to a new generation, the next generation that will enter into the promised land. And here in Deuteronomy 5, Moses says to them, observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. As the Lord your God has commanded. Remember the first time in Exodus he said, remember it. But this time Moses is like, you're about to go into the promised land. You're about to go into the thick of it. This time I am telling you to observe the commandment and keep it holy. Holy means set it apart. See, in Western culture... We have maligned and put together and mumbled up our entire lives. Everything is, I got to do all these different things at the same time, and I got to multitask, and I, and you got to set this apart. And I'm not just simply telling you remember it. I'm commanding you to observe it. Why, Lord? Verse 15. Deuteronomy 5, 15. Because he says, remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. This is the anti Egypt, anti hurry edition of the Sabbath. And much like those Hebrew people, we in the Western world have become slaves to doing and more. And God is reminding us I freed you from that lifestyle. So rest. Do you know every day the average American will see 4,000 advertisements, advertisements? 4,000 advertisements the average American will see in a single day. Do you know what these advertisements are doing besides ruining my bank account? (laughs) Stop shopping online, babe. Enough, put it down, put it down. I I gotta put on a, I can't get into that. You know what those are doing? It's stoking this fire of desire inside of our hearts for more. It's stoking this fire inside of your heart to get more, to do more. And and there's these infinite desires that are racing around these finite hearts These finite bodies, this finite soul, the part of us that will not be resurrected, the part of us that will not go with Jesus at the end of time. This body is finite, meaning it has an expiration date. It has an end. But when my body is mixed up with these infinite desires, you know what? It's a simple math equation. Infinite desires minus a finite soul equals restlessness. If you can't just sit there in your home with your spouse with no TV on, with no social media in your hand, put down the iPad, old people. The same garbage that was on Facebook 10 minutes ago, I guarantee you it's there. Ladies, look me in the eye. Get off Zillow. You ain't moving. This is your house. Men, myself included, stop looking at pictures of meat on the internet. One rack of ribs looks like all the other rack of ribs. Or whatever it is. Friends, when we put that desire and point it towards God, It's his eternal presence that satisfies our restless souls. It's when I go to God on empty that he fills me up and he satisfies my soul. I love the way St. Augustus, the Bishop of Hippo said it. He said, You have made us for yourself, and our heart is restless until it rests in you. Our hearts are restless until they rest in Him. Are you tracking with me? The Sabbath is important, the Sabbath is critical. I'll give you four things to think about and then I'm done. Four Sabbath applications. First one is this. And some of y'all need to say this twice I am not what I do. I am not. What I do. You see, when your life is caught up in what you do, you will never stop. You will never cease from doing it because your identity is found in that action. It's found in that relationship. It's found in that job. It's found in that hobby. It's found in that addiction. Whatever it is that I am doing, that is the thing that I am going to become. But when I realize I am not what I do, but in fact, I am a son of God. My heart and perspective shifts towards more time with him. One of the things I've learned in the last three years is that this, what I'm doing right now, preaching, this is not who I am. This ain't all of me. For years and years, the better part of the last 20 years, I have lived this lie that this is me. So I neglected time with God, rest with God to do the work of God. And it wasn't until I was sitting across from my therapist and she said to me, Carl, this isn't what you do. Excuse me, this isn't who you are. What you do isn't who you are. And there was this freedom When she she told me, listen, you're a son of the king. So what would your life look like if it was lived with that pattern in mind? Presence, not position, will direct your purpose. The presence of God, not your position in this world, is what will direct your purpose. Hear this truth, somebody. I am not what I do. The second application I want you to get is this. The world will not stop if I cease to do. Look at me in the eyes. Ready? If you're at home. Ready? Want you get this too? Ready? Give God back his job. I'm gonna say it again. Give God Back his job. Some of us exist as if we stop doing our little thing. Remember when I told you, go back to Genesis. He created the heavens and the earth in six days. And then he took a rest on the seventh. But you think if you don't go in that, if you don't go, hey honey, if I don't go in this Saturday afternoon, then who knows what's gonna happen. If I don't finish this last thing, who knows what's gonna happen. You know what's gonna happen? Nothing's gonna happen. Give God back his job. You know what I just realized? Oh my gosh, this is what I just realized. So I just turned 40, right? So now I'm like mature. And <laughs> the average age, that, um, the average age of Americans is like 72 by the time we die, right? Something like that, right? So I'm in the backyard the other day, freaking out. I go, Jen, come out here, come outside. And she goes, what's going on, what's going on? I said, my life's almost over. Yeah, right? And some of y'all are older than 40, so I don't, listen, this is math. Don't be mad at me, this is math. And I said, babe, what do we want to do? What do we need to stop fretting about? What do we need to stop worrying about? What do we need to start chasing after? Who do we need more of? more of Jesus I need more time with my father I need more time to stop and smell the roses and I don't mean that figuratively some of y'all need to go home and smell the roses around our house you know what we call it we call it pop-up sabbath because some of y'all ain't ready to take 24 hours off You, you just you ain't ready for it pop-up Sabbath. You know what a pop-up Sabbath is? It's you just walking around, and you stop. Thank you, Jesus. I'm here. Smell the roses. Husbands, you know when your wife's like, hey, come smell this flower, and you're like, all flowers smell the same? In fact, they don't all smell the same. <laughs> I have discovered this lately. Oh, my wife and my kids will be like, God, come downstairs. There's a hummingbird, tr- hummingbird nesting. This is beautiful. There's a hummingbird. I gotta stop, but I gotta stop what I'm doing to, to pop up Sabbath. Get with your spouse or your or your neighbor or your your whoever. I say, hey, come sit down. Can come sit outside with me for a second. And they're gonna be like, for what? Just be with God. You know what my daughters did yesterday? Last two days, they've done this to me. They say, Dad, come outside. Oh, parents, hey, I'm gonna give you business for a second. They said, Daddy, watch us play. Parents, are we all exhausted of watching our kids play? Yes, we are. Because I'm always thinking about what else I gotta go do. And you know what Georgia said to me? She said, leave your phone inside and your Apple Watch. Be with us I, I think the father's saying the same thing leave all that stuff inside leave it somewhere else just be with me but you got to understand that truth and it leads into this next one that Jesus is holding all things together come on remember some of y'all who are who have old, are old school church people Remember that song? He got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole. You know, you know the song. Don't front. I remember a time I actually believed that, that he had the whole world in his hands. And then I got smart and old. He doesn't have my finances in his hands. He doesn't have this relationship in his hands. He doesn't have this in his hands. He doesn't have that in his hands I'm exhausted. Jesus' words to his disciples look at this. He said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. I made this for you, and I am Lord. Of this. I've got you. I've got this under control. We live in an action oriented world. It always seems there's something more to do. Yet God has demonstrated that rest is appropriate, that it's right. So he gives a Sabbath as equipment, not escape. He gives a Sabbath as equipment, not escape. He's saying here is a tool that will help you live in freedom, that will give you peace of mind. It's not a way just to do whatever you want for 24 hours. It's it's a way to commune with me, to be with me, to rest in me, to understand the fullness of me. And when I do that, number four, I live for and from the Sabbath. He wants us to live for the Sabbath and from the Sabbath. I'm not a perfect guy. I haven't figured this out. But me and my family, we have, we have implemented Sabbath. We're working on implementing Sabbath into our life routine. And when we get it right, the weeks that we get it right, we're excited for that 24-hour period where we're like, we're not going to do anything. We're just going to be together. We're going to focus on each other. We're going, to, we're, going to, we're, going to, we're going to eat good food. We're going to drink good wine. We're, we're, we're going to walk together. We're going to laugh. We're, we're, we're just going to exist. We're going to read a book. We're just going to be in the presence of the God that loves us so very much. And then I don't walk into the week on empty, but I walk into the week full. And now there's an overflow of how I love my wife, how I love my children, how I love my neighbors. And there's this anticipation to get back To that again. Because it's a profession of my faith in God. Sabbath keeping at its core is a profession of faith. In observing it, we confess our need for God. Go back to that message translation. What does he say? What does Eugene Peterson say? Jesus' words Are you tired? Worn out? burnt out on religion come to me get away with me and you'll recover your life i'll show you how to re- i'll show you how to take a real rest walk with me and work with me watch how i do it how did he do it he rested if you're, if you're a student in the Bible, you will see this pattern in the life of Jesus over and over where Jesus gets away from the crowd, from his disciples to go and be with God. And typically after Jesus comes from that setting, he goes and does something for God because he is full of the spirit. Watch how I do it. Learn the un. Forced rhythms of grace. Rest. Now, listen, I told you this is more contemplative than prescriptive. What does rest look like for you? Couples. Y'all got to sit down together and talk about what Sabbath looks like for you. Not because the sweaty black guy said it, but because Jesus said it. Singles, you got to talk to your friends. Talk to your growth group. What does rest look like for you? Students, oh my gosh, students, what does rest look like for you? We're gonna enter into a time of communion after we sing this next song. And in partaking communion, we get to celebrate the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus, his blood being spilt out for us. We see that in the juice, his body being broken for us. We see that in the bread. But, But ready, here it is. Don't rush that. Ready? pop up sabbath we're going to have a moment here to commune with him don't talk don't don't speak open up your heart to hear from him breathe in his grace exhale your troubles He wants to meet you right here, right now. Here is an unforced rhythm of grace. So I'm gonna pray and then we're gonna sing a song together. But, but during this song, maybe you just wanna receive and just hear. Then together, we'll take communion. Lord Jesus, Help us to learn the unforced rhythm of grace, understanding that you won't lay anything heavy and excessive on us. That your desire for us is peace, that we would delight in you. Help our hearts be pointed towards you. Help us to cease doing we might find rest in you. We love you. We thank you in Christ's name. Thank you for joining us this week on the Crossroads Grace podcast. If you enjoyed this message, please rate us and subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening from. If you are interested in getting involved in our community or want to find out more information, visit us online at crossroadsgrace.org. Thank you for listening to the Crossroads Grace podcast.